Good morning, everybody. Sounds weird. Am I good here? Yeah? Um, so my name is Tom Stowe. Um, my family and I were missionaries down in Brazil, and we've been down there, I've been down there for 14 years now, uh, which is a long time. It's, it's more than twice what I lived here in San Luis Obispo, and I consider this home. So uh, it's very strange to think, like, man, I'm more Brazilian than I am a uh, Central Coast person. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is still, I still consider this home, and it's, it's good to be back here. Um, we start driving up as soon as, you know, you start getting up to Napomo, we start getting up to the five cities area, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm home, I'm home, it's so good. Um, yeah, so it's, it's good to be here. Um, we don't have a lot of time this morning, so I don't have a lot of time to talk about, you know, everything that's going on in Brazil, but I'd love to talk to you guys afterwards, you guys can hear some of the stories that we have, um, got a lot of things we can share. A lot of cool things going on. We're actually, we're looking for a new building right now, too. Uh, not, not too, but you guys are asking for funding. We're, we're looking for a new building. And uh, we're actually, we're praying about whether the Lord's calling us to buy a building, which would be very expensive. It'd be a huge step of faith. But it's one of those things, where, like Brian was saying, like, he'll provide. If that's what he's calling you to do, he'll provide. So we need to trust. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, today, what I want to talk about, you know, we're getting near the, the new year. And so I want to talk about hope, because the new year is kind of a new beginning, and we live with a God that is a God of new beginnings. And so we have the opportunity always to start over no matter what we've been through. And, you know, I don't know what anyone's been through here, um, but sometimes we've been doing really well lately. Sometimes we've been going through really, really hard times. And it doesn't matter whether it's because of you, you've caused hard times in your own life, or someone else has caused hard times in your life, or maybe it's just circumstances. Whatever it is, God comes in and says, you know what, you can start over right now. He, he starts over not just one or two times in your life, but you can start over as many times as you want. And so when we have the new year coming, it's like, hey, here's another opportunity to start over. doesn't matter what happened in 2019. 2020 is going to be an entirely different year. And that's awesome because it's, it's a hope that we have. One of the things the Bible talks about a lot is hope, right? Um, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, now abide these faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love, but, but hope is still up there. It's very, very important. Hope is something that's so different because the way we talk about it here in, in, in Western culture in general in 2019, we talk about hope kind of like a little kid talks about his birthday. Gosh, I hope I get that new PlayStation. I, I hope I get that new bike. I hope I, I get that new job maybe for us adults. Um, whatever it is, we, we, we hope and it's kind of like a wish. You know, we're kind of crossing our fingers and like, oh, God, come on, you know, help me out on this one. And, and that's not at all, at all, what biblical hope is. Biblical hope is having a certainty that you're going to have something based upon the word of God, based upon what God has told us. And, and so you live with that certainty with the expectation that it's coming, even though it hasn't come yet, right? You're, you're waiting for something to come, but you know it's coming. And so the Bible talks about hope in all sorts of different ways. For example, we have the hope of our calling. Uh, we have the hope of salvation. We have the hope of the resurrection. We have the hope of eternal life. These are all really, really important aspects of hope. This morning, I want to talk about another aspect of hope. I want to talk about, and it's not really, this is not really in the Bible, um, this, this phrase, but the idea is. It's the hope in his sovereignty. Okay, Hope in his sovereignty. And, and that's it's kind of interesting. The word sovereignty is, it's, you know, kind of a big theological word. It means that God is in total control. 
total control. If you think about the universe, there is nothing that exists in the entire universe that is outside of God's creation. Nothing. My, my daughter asked me, we had these, um, my son asked me, um, where do mosquitoes come from, right? And um, we actually, we have these little bugs that are like mosquitoes. They're called bojachudus down in Brazil. And these things, like, my, my initial reaction is, those things come from the devil, you know? <laughs> they come in and they, they like to get you on your elbows and your ankles. I don't know why. And they'll get you on your hand too uh, if, if they can't get those. And they, they leave a little blood mark on it, and they swell up. Man, they're brutal. And, and so he's like, where do they come from? And again, I'm like, okay, it can't be the devil, but that's my initial reaction. Um, so that means that God created them, because Satan can't create things outside of God's power. Otherwise, he would be uh, an equal created to God. So that, that can't be. God creates them. He created mosquitoes. He created bohashudus and put them in the world for whatever reason he thought was best, he put him out there, and he said, this is how it's going to work. Okay? That, that, that means he's sovereign. He had that plan. He had that vision to put these things in there. Okay? I would have never done that, but he did. And so we look at things in the universe, things that happen, and, and we kind of go, okay, well, God did that. And the Bible talks so much about his sovereignty, so much. And it, it's a topic that we don't get into as much as I think we should, okay? I want to give you a couple of verses today. Um, <clears throat> start off in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. It says this, In the day of prosperity, be joyful. Amen, right? But in the day of adversity, consider, surely God has appointed the one as well as the other. Think about that. God appointed a day for you to rejoice right? He wants to bless you. He wants to give you all those things you've been praying for. And then he also wants to bring a day of adversity. And we, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Wait. I like the part where it talks about the God of love, the God of mercy, the God of grace. That, that's the part I want to focus in on. But we got to take the whole package. It's God, right? God creates both. And there's verses in the Bible that are scary, that are scary, that talk about things that we don't want to hear about. For example, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, he says this, The Lord kills, and the Lord makes alive. He brings down to the grave, and he brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low, and he lifts up. We read that, and we go, wait, what? God does that? Our God, the God of love? You know, Jesus, that, he does that stuff? He does. He brings these things in our lives. He brings death. He, he brings poverty. You know, uh, this, is, this is a big issue down in Brazil because you get people who are looking at our system and you have such extreme division of wealth down in Brazil. You have really, really, really rich and then you have really, really poor. We, we have poor people here in Brazil, in the United States too. But in Brazil, the level of poverty is more. It's, it's a larger number and it's even farther down. And, and people look at that and go, no, no, this isn't right, okay? And then they start coming up, no, we got to change this, we got to do this, we got to change our economic system, we got to, and, and it's like, guys, guys, look at this, look at what he says, God makes rich, and God makes poor, and that, that changes everything, right? Um, another verse that kind of scares me is Amos 3, verse 6, it says, if a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? The trumpet was a warning sound for the, for the city, right? 
If there is calamity in a city, will not the Lord have done it? And we look at that and we go, wait, what? Calamity? Like, that, that's something bad, right? God doesn't do anything bad. Everything that's good comes from God. Everything that's bad comes from Satan, right? That, that's a certain theology that's out there in the world. That's not biblical. God does things that are so radical that we don't really understand, and we don't understand the purpose of it, and sometimes we'll never understand the purpose of it, but what we have to do is hope in his sovereignty, right? Hope in his sovereignty. So last year, 2018, um, I had a little accident, and um, I, I had a situation that came up in our church. It was really, really stressful, and I suffered from migraines, and I started getting migraine after migraine after migraine. And, and it just, it wasn't stopping. It wasn't stopping, and, and it was just debilitating me. And I, everyone in the church had to step up and take care of things. I, I couldn't go to church. I couldn't do anything. And, and so I started getting desperate because it starts to affect everything that you're doing. I, I, I start to get real hypersensitive to light. I can't read my Bible. I, I couldn't do anything. And so then I start taking all this medicine. I'm like, okay, maybe this will help me. Maybe this will help me anything to stop these migraines. And then it messed up my stomach because all this medicine, that's not good for your stomach. And, and then all of a sudden, I got really, really sick to my stomach, um, you know, throwing up, diarrhea. It was a mess. And I was just like, I was dying. And I'm like, man, what is going on? In the midst of this, I said, you know what? I'm going to sleep downstairs because I'm getting so sick. I don't want to wake up my family running to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So I'll sleep down on the sofa and I'll use the bathroom down here. Well, it was good because I got up and ran to the bathroom, got sick, came back, slept again, woke up again, ran back into the bathroom. It was just a, it was a mess. And then in the midst of this, as I'm getting sick, all of a sudden I feel so lightheaded. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'd never felt this way. I think I'm going to pass out. And so all of a sudden I just, I just braced myself against the wall. I thought, man, if I fall, I'm going to hit the wall. And so I put my arm out against the wall and rested my head. And that's the last thing I remember. And then next thing I know... I wake up with the taste of blood in my mouth as I'm laying on the floor in the living room. And I have no idea how I got there. And my wife's trying to wake me up, and I, I can hear her screaming. I'm like, what's, what's going on? Why is there blood in my mouth? I'm, I'm tasting this. And, and, and it was just kind of like I was out of it. I, I apparently had walked out of the bathroom. I had fallen in the living room floor. Thankfully, I didn't hit the stairs because the side of the stairs is made of concrete. I could have died. Um, but I, I fell on the ground, not so soft, and, and I broke my face. Like, literally, I broke my face. I, I cracked my, my cheekbone down from the, the bottom of my eye all the way down, and then it splintered, and it went out this way. And, and there was just blood pouring out all over the floor because it, it starts coming out through your nose, through your sinuses. And, and I, I was out of it. And my wife's trying to get me up, and I'm like, where am I? What happened? What day is it? Um, she's like, no, don't worry, come on, get up, get up, we got to go, and she would call the neighbors, can you take care of our kids, you know, we got to go to the hospital, and, and, and I had to go in, I had to have surgery, um, because I, I broke my face, I have, a, um, I have a little plate in here, and I have six screws that uh, held my, holding my face together, I guess it's not anymore, I'm sure it's back together, but um, just kind of a, a bizarre, bizarre situation, and it's like, Lord, what, what was that, what, what's going on, like, these migraines, why, why am I getting these? The, the, the stomach problems, why, why am I getting these? Standing up, walking out of the bathroom when I'm blacked out, like why, why couldn't I just fall on the ground? Why, why do I get up? I, I don't understand. And there's always those why questions. Why is this happening? And you know what? 
there's not always an answer. There's not always an answer. And that, that's where the hope in his sovereignty comes in. And we look at him and we say, okay, I don't know, but he does. And I, and I can look at things now and I can say, okay, well, maybe God was teaching me this. And, and he was doing something in my church through that. Um, but I don't understand everything that has gone on. I don't understand it. We, we, had a, a couple, we have a couple in our church, one of the greatest couples. We, we just absolutely love them. Um, and they came to our church. They do everything. I mean, they're, they're just the people are always serving. And they, they, they couldn't have kids. They tried to have kids for years. They've been married for like, I think they've been married for like 20 years. They were trying to have kids, trying to have kids. Nothing happened, nothing. She had all these problems, and, and then they were going to go do this treatment. It was really expensive. And I, you know what? Let's, don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden, we find out she's pregnant. After all these years, they weren't even trying. It was nothing. She's pregnant. And we were like, what? She's pregnant. Like, that's a miracle. We weren't even praying for it. It just happened. And, and we're like, man, this is awesome. And so then she's pregnant. She's coming along. And uh, we went on vacation. And all of a sudden, we get message, uh, her placenta ripped. And we're like, ooh, wait. No, 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 no. That's not supposed to happen right now. And, and we're not there. You know, not like we're going to save the day or anything. But, you know, we want to be there to help them. And, and it, it got more serious. She was 26 weeks. And, and so this baby's really, really small. And, and we're like, okay, Lord, what, what's going on here? And so then they have to race her into the ICU, and they have to start getting medicine in her because they got to get the, the lungs to develop. And they're like, we got to get this baby out now or she's going to die. And, and so they, they, they did everything they could to keep her in one more week to let her lungs develop, and then they pulled her out. And this baby was, was born at 27 weeks. Um, so, I mean, tiny, tiny little baby. And uh, put her on, you know, the, the machines to breathe and all this stuff. And she stayed in the ICU for, for basically two months. And so they have this newborn baby, and they're, you know, they're like, we, you know, we weren't even asking for this. We didn't even know what, what's going on. And now this baby's in the ICU, and we're like, okay, what, what, what is going on? What is going on? And God just took care of the whole situation. It, it was amazing. And we're like, God, what, what are you trying to teach them? What are you trying to teach us? And, and the church rallied to them. The church was taking care of them. The church was providing for them. Um, it was awesome to see our people. And now all of a sudden, we have this little baby that came out, and she's now seven months old. She, she's still very, very small. She looks like she's about three or four months old. Um, but she's completely healthy. They're in there. There are other babies in the similar situation that died in the ICU. And she's totally fine, comes out, has zero problems. And you're like, what, what was that? What, why, Lord? Why, why are you doing this to us? We don't understand. God's in charge. He's in charge. And so I think that this is the thing that we have to look at. God does things sometimes that we don't understand. Sometimes they're negative things. Sometimes they seem like they're bad things. But God's working through those because what happens is when everything is good in your life, you don't learn so much. You don't grow so much as a person. And so sometimes he kind of throws you a curveball so that you're like, whoa, what was that? In order to get your attention to make sure that you're paying attention to what he's trying to teach you. <clears throat> There's one more verse, and I love this verse. Matthew chapter 10. It says this. It talks about birds. It says, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you, are more, you have more value than many sparrows. He's talking about these little birds. 
and they were so common, and they were so simple back in the day in, in Jerusalem that they would sell them for a small copper coin. It's like the idea of selling something for a penny. You can't get anything for a penny nowadays, but imagine these little birds. They're so common that someone could just, you know, here, give me one of those, you know, uh, here, give me five of them. I got a nickel, you know, whatever it is. Um, he says, these things, they're so common. They're, they're so cheap. We don't give any value to them. But he says, not one of them will fall to the ground. Not one of them will die apart from the will of God. God is in so much control of everything that's going on in the universe that he's dictating when a little bird lives or when a little bird dies. That's how powerful our God is. And so what happens to us? He says, you know what? Even the, the very hairs on your head are numbered. That's how smart, that's how all-knowing our God is. Now, I realize for some of us, it's a lot easier to count the hairs on our head. But that's still remarkable, even if you just got the side thing going on, you know. God knows all the hairs on your head. He says, you're of far more value than a little bird. So if a little bird only dies when God says, okay, now's the time, your life is in his hand as well. Your life is in his hand. He's taking care of everything in your life, okay? And so then this is where the hope comes in. What he tells us, Proverbs chapter, five, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths, okay? This verse is one of my favorite verses and it's perfect for this message, right? Trust in the Lord. When I was at Cal Poly, I used to hear people, awesome young Christians, they would be talking about, so they listen, God gave me a great mind and he's asking me to use it. He's telling me, use this intelligence to make the best decision that you think is right. And I always felt like, man, that sounds strange, but I don't know how to argue against it, so I'll just let it go. And then I found Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Don't trust in your own understanding. Don't lean upon your own intelligence, but trust in the Lord because he knows better than you. And so it's not about you trying to figure out what's best. It's about you depending upon him and trusting in him when things start to get weird because things get weird in our lives, right? So then we go through hard times. We go through calamity. We go through all this, you know, death and sickness and all these strange things that come as a result of being a human being in this planet, and we have to trust that God knows best. He has a better plan for you than what you can imagine. When I was at Cal Poly, I got in, I started off in journalism, and uh, I was like, okay, I, I like to write, you know? I'm not a great writer, but I, I like it, you know? And I can, I can maybe adjust some things and learn, get better. And I, and I was like, what am I gonna do with journalism? And, and so I started thinking about things, and I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish a degree in journalism, and then I'm going to try to get a job at Surfer Magazine. And then I can write for Surfer Magazine, and they will send me around the world to write about surfing and to surf. And they're going to pay me to do that. Okay? Now, guys, come on. Let's be serious. This is a brilliant plan, right? I mean, I was like, this is good, you know? Lord, bless my plan. And then as I started going through, I started to realize as I go through college, this is not God's plan for me. 
this is not what God has for me. Like, it's, it's great. I wish it was. But, um, but, but the Lord has something more. And, and when I was in college, I was uh, my third year of college, um, the Lord spoke to me at a conference and, and told me that one day I would be a missionary. And I was like, a missionary? That's crazy. Like, a missionary going out and, and tell people about Jesus, go out in the, uh, to other countries, learn another language, you know? And I, I was kind of like scared but excited at the same time. Um, and, and the ultimate thing is this, God knew better. He says, you know what? Yeah, you can go out and surf. You can go out and write about surfing. That's great. But I want you to make an impact for this world. I want you to do something different. I want you to reach people for me, for my kingdom. And, and that's not something that was in my plan for my life. Okay. But what does it say? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I don't understand this. He says, don't lean on your understanding. Just follow me. Okay? And so what happens? We're coming up on New Year. We have the opportunity to start over. So some of you guys, you guys have been like the, the Proverbs was talking about. You guys have been in that blessing season. You get to rejoice because God's blessing you so much. Okay? Awesome. But know that there will be something, some difficulties coming around the corner. Eventually, it's coming. Right? Um, and then for some of you guys, you're going through a tough season. You're going through a really tough season maybe. And you're wondering, what the heck is going on in my life? What is God doing? Well, God has a plan. And this is the time where you say, okay, I'm going to hope in his sovereignty, that he knows better. I'm going to trust in him and say, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And this is one of the things I'm always telling my church, guys. If, if you guys can have an open heart, that's the main thing. And so I tell, I tell my church, guys, open your heart and say, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? What do you want to show me? And if you open your heart like that, God will start to show you. What happens is we go through difficulties and we're like, okay, this is bad. I got to get out of it as fast as possible. I got I to find some way to avoid this, to, to change the situation, to be favorable for me. And really what you have to do is say, okay, God, why are you allowing this? Why are you bringing this on me? Okay? Because you're trying to teach me something. You're trying to do something in my life. Do it. Work in me. And, and that's actually the fastest way out of a difficult situation is to allow God just to do it. Okay, God, do it. Whatever it is, just do it and allow me to learn and to grow through it. And that's part of that trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in him and allow him to do whatever he wants to do in and eventually through you and through your life. One of the great things that the Lord does is whatever difficulty you go through, I mean, whatever it is, there's going to be someone who experiences the same thing later on. And then you are equipped to minister to that person and help them through the same difficulty that you pass through. And so God allows that. He says, okay, I'm going to allow you to do this so that later on you can bless others. Okay? Not only the blessing that you're going to receive when you grow in him, but then you get to share that blessing with other people. So this is the cool thing about God's sovereignty. He knows best. He is all-powerful, he is in total control, and we need to trust him in that. Is that difficult? Absolutely. It's absolutely, it's scary sometimes, okay? Sometimes we're going through financial difficulties, and we're like, hey, Lord, I don't know how to do this. I don't have money. And then he's saying, no, trust me. And you're like, man, how do I try? I don't have any money, Lord. Help me through this. And, and he, he wants to show his faithfulness. I want to end with this. If you guys have ever heard about George Mueller, George Mueller was um, a German 
pastor, I guess, uh, leader, church leader, um, and he moved to England. He moved to Bristol, England, and he did some amazing, amazing things. His, um, his MO was kind of just to trust in the Lord 100% and to pray about everything nonstop until the Lord provided. And what he did is he went through and he established, like, he, he, he established these orphanages um, without ever asking for a single cent from anybody. He just prayed. And he established, like, I mean, he built a house and then another house and then another house. And then he bought this property and then he built these bigger houses and then another house and then another. I mean, he, he reached thousands of orphans through the years simply by the power of prayer. And he said, I want to do this because I want to show everyone that you can trust in God today just like you could 2,000 years ago. And, it, like, when I, when I read about George Mueller, it just inspires me. It's like, yeah, that's what I need. I don't have that same faith as George Mueller, but I, I need to go down that same path. And I think that's probably true for most of us, right? That whatever it is that we're experiencing, we need to trust in him. And we start off with little things. We start off trusting in little things, right? And then he starts to provide more. And George Mueller started off really small, just provide for my house, provide for my family. And he started to have that. And then it grew. And then he's like, okay, provide a house for us to take care of these these 35 orphans, and then at 43 came in. He's like, okay, how do I do that? Okay, well, let's see, and he starts praying, and then another house, and then another house, and then, an, and then more hundred, and then another 200, and then and it just kept growing, but it started off something very simple. And so today, I want to encourage you guys. You guys start off whatever faith you have. Jesus said all you need is the faith of a mustard seed, just a mustard seed. It's a little tiny one, okay? Now, that's not where it ends. You plant that, and it grows, right? But you start off with the faith of a mustard seed. We have that. We have that. And then we start to trust. And then let that faith grow and start to trust in God. Whatever's going to come in 2020, whatever it is, whether it's blessing or whether it's calamity, uh, whether it's life or death, I don't know. But we're going to trust in God and say, okay, God, you know best. Let me trust in you. Okay? Let me trust in you. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for everyone who's here this morning. We ask that you would come and that you would fill each one of us and reveal to each one of us this morning how we can trust in you more, what areas of our life we need to open up our hand, let go of control, and allow you to work. And I pray for everyone who's going through difficulties right now that you would open their hearts and you would open their minds to be able to receive from you to know exactly what you're trying to teach them and exactly what you're trying to work in their lives. Refine us, Father, please. Refine us like gold. I pray that you would work out all the impurities and that you would purify our hearts to make us new people, more like your son, Jesus, and more ready to be used for your kingdom. Bless this church, Father. Bless everyone who's here and help us to grow closer to you. Increase our faith and allow us to grow in our trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Tom. Let's give Tom a nice little round of applause. We're going to finish up by just having a moment to reflect and respond to Jesus. It's one of the most important times that we, we have. We create space because our aim is not to just simply get information or education about the Bible, but it's ultimately to be transformed. And that comes through submitting ourselves to the hand of the one who loves us and gave himself for us. So we're just going to have some space to pray and to worship, to sing. We'll have the worship 
team come on up. They'll play a song to close. Uh, we have some uh, opportunity to go to the table to receive uh, the bread and the cup as a way of reminding us that we cannot do what God calls us to do, to be the type of people that God calls us to be apart from the impartation of Jesus, his love. So how about we all stand? And as you guys are standing, I want to read just a really brief little passage out of a book that's one of my favorite. It's called Valley of Vision. It's a series of prayers and hymns and poems from uh, the Puritans. Um, And they're awesome people. So I want to just read this real briefly. Let's get our hearts ready and ask Jesus what he wants to speak to us and then how he wants us to respond. This little section says, May I enter him, Jesus, as my refuge, build on him as my foundation, walk in him as my way, follow him as my guide, conform to him as my example, receive his instructions as my prophet, rely on his intercession as my high priest, and obey him as my king. So I don't know where you're at today, the challenges that you are currently facing or that you will likely face in 2020. My hope is that this time now we would press into Jesus, the one who loves us and gave himself for us. If you have anything that's going on in your life right now, let's just take this time to pause, to reflect, to pray. If you need prayer for anything, I'll be up in the front by the cross. There'll be some other leaders up at the front by the cross that would love to pray for you. So just come up towards this area. So, again, you may be going through amazing things in your life right now. Everything's fine, but you just need God's strength and grace. You may be going through horrible valleys, and you need God's grace. We want to pray. Take the moment. Let's respond. Jesus, we give you this time as we respond to you now.